I want to go ahead and jump right in this morning on the series, The Devil Unmasked. And uh, this is a series that um, it's influenced by, by a series by Craig Rochelle, but it's inspired by the Holy Spirit for us. And uh, the goal of this series is not to glorify Satan in any way. Uh, we give him too much credit. But as your enemy, you need to have some knowledge on who, of who he is and how you can defeat him in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Last week we learned that he is the deceiver. The devil is the deceiver. He uses deception to try to make you doubt God's word, to challenge God's authority, and to question God's goodness. What's your defense? The word of God, which is the sword of the spirit, um, he, that is your defense. So last week we committed to making an upgrade to our little sword, our little plastic sword. And by the way, the AK-47 was not loaded. I just forgot to tell you all that. But <laughs> if you weren't here last week, okay. Um, but we made an upgrade last week to a mighty sword. Amen? Amen. All right, and today the title of this message is Part 2, The Accuser. Revelations 12.10, Revelation, excuse me, 12.10, says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of the brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. <clears throat> Isn't that going to be so good? to see him just hurl down one last time into the bottomless pit. And until that day actually comes, you and I have to learn how to hurl down every one of his accusations that he makes against us. Today, we're going to learn how to do that with the help of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for every precious person here today. you got such an awesome plan for their lives. Thank you that your spirit is here to work in us. We open our hearts to receive. Church, pray it with me. Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Have you ever been accused of doing something that you did not do? As the child of growing up, I was the baby of the family. I got accused of all kind of things. I'm almost sure I didn't do. I mean, almost sure. I mean, in trouble for things I think I was completely innocent of. And when you're accused of things that you know you did not do or think you did not do, you get angry, right? What about when you're accused of something you know you did? Yeah, we're going to deal with that one. That's, this is where Satan, he has a playbook for that, and he uses that to accuse us. So why does he accuse us? Why is he called the accuser? The first one, if you're taking notes or if you're in the app, taking notes, here you go. The first one is guilt. He wants you to feel guilt. Now, guilt is not bad in itself. As a matter of fact, our conscience, our conscience makes us feel guilt, so we repent. That's a good thing. What I'm talking about is prolonged guilt. Guilt 
for things that you've already repented of, things that you've already put in the past. Satan wants to constantly bring those things up to you to make you feel guilt for them. Now, unfortunately, he doesn't usually have to lie about those things that he accuses us of because we do them. We've done done them. We sin. We mess up. We fall short. We have wrong thoughts. We say things that we know we should not have said. I really believe that just like we have guardian angels, I believe that there are demons assigned to me and you to gather intel. They watch us. They know what pushes our buttons. They know the, the failures we make, the things, again, the things that we say, the things that we do, and they use that intel against us to bring that guilt back on us. Even, again, even after we repent, ask the Lord to forgive us, Satan's job, his goal is to bring guilt back on you. Now, this, the reason why he uses guilt is he wants you to feel shame. Second reason he accuses, he wants you to feel shame. Shame causes us to withdraw, to hide, to cover up. It's what happened to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They hid from the Lord. They were guilty, and they hid from the Lord because they were feeling shame. Shame causes you to withdraw from the truth. You can tell a child, any any parent knows this, you can tell a child, hey, I just put fresh cookies in the cookie jar, don't you get a cookie? And you can turn around and do something, and you look back, and the lid is off the cookie jar. And you could, with cookie in their mouth, crumbs all over their lips, you can ask them, did you get a cookie? And that shame, there, there's a, I mean, their shame causes you to hide from the truth, what's true. And shame will cause you to blame, to divert the truth. Someone else may be, cookie made me do it. So Satan wants you to feel shame to keep you from the truth. When you gave your your life to Christ, you had to first admit, I am a sinner. I need a Savior. You have to come to reckon the truth. I need the Lord. So Satan wants you to feel shame so you withdraw from the truth. And here's his end game right here, condemnation. The dictionary definition of condemnation is to express disapproval of, disapproval of, and it's typically in public. To express disapproval of. Tim, could we get some house lights? I think I can see them a little bit better, and they may not fall asleep so fast. Condemnation. To a condemnation, hear me. Satan wants you to feel condemnation because condemnation keeps you from coming to God. Condemnation says God disapproves of you and you cannot go to him. It says that that you better stay away from him. God is waiting to judge you. And there are many, many Christians who fall prey to condemnation. They don't completely give their all to God because they're holding back from getting too close. They know there's some things there. 
And Romans 8.1 says, therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? So let's talk about it. When I, when I think about Satan's accusations, his scheme of accusations, we could call it, I think about a trial. I think about somebody being on trial, and they, they have been accused of a crime. There's the accusation, and they go before the judge, and, and if there is a, a jury, they, they go to trial, and, and then they're, if they're guilty, found guilty, they, they have the verdict given of guilty. And then there's some shame if there's a, a, a criminal act. Sometimes they have to face the accuser or the victim's family. So there's that shame of standing there and listening. Sometimes they have to listen to the, to the victim's family tell them what they did wrong. And then there's the condemnation. They're condemned to serve time. Prison. And there's, and there, there's, there's a need for that, right? But I'm talking about spiritually speaking, this is what happens. And I was, as I was studying, I felt the Lord tell me that there are some Christians who have been forgiven. You've asked the Lord to forgive you. But because of Satan's accusations, you're still in prison to that thing that you did. You, you're still bound to your past when God has already set you he has already paid the price, and you've asked forgiveness. And sure, Satan, is keep, he keeps bringing it up for that guilt, that shame, that condemnation, and you've fallen prey. I got good news for you today. The message, that's amazing. The Psalms agree with the message, and we didn't, we didn't plan that. There's good news. To Satan's accusations, you can refuse. You can refuse to listen to them. You can refuse to give in to them. You can refuse that guilt for things that you've already been forgiven of. So there's good news today. Why can you refuse? Let me give you the first real good reason. It's the righteousness of Christ. The righteousness of Christ. If you belong to Christ, hear me. You have been declared righteous. You have been declared righteous. What does righteous mean? To be in right standing with God. That, that, that put a distance between you and God, God doesn't hold it against you anymore. Isn't that so good? I got some things that were between me and God. I got some things I am guilty of some things I did, some things that I knew I shouldn't have done it, but I did it anyway. Is anybody like me out there that can tell the truth and raise your hand? And I was guilty. Satan, he, he had a right to bring those accusations against me. It's what I did. I, I'm guilty, and I should feel shame, and I should be condemned. But I heard the good news. That I didn't have to carry that anymore. That I can come to Christ and ask forgiveness. And the Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive me and purify me from all unrighteousness. That I can trade in my righteousness, which the scripture says is as filthy rags. Let me read it for you. For all of us have become like one who is unclean. 
and all our righteous deeds are like filthy garments. There is nothing I can do to earn my righteousness with God. I cannot be good enough to be able to come into his holy presence. But because of Christ, I can have his righteousness in my life. Look at 2 Corinthians. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, say in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Isn't that amazing? That in him, now what does it mean to be in him? That means my life is in him. My will is in him. My desire is to please him. I, I, I live for him. That's what it means to be in him. You surrender yourself for his life. And I'm telling you, it's a wonderful life. And if you have done that, you are in him. You have his righteousness. So that means when God looks at you, he doesn't see your past mistakes. He doesn't see the failures that you've made, the sins that you've committed. He sees the righteousness of his son. The scripture says that it refers to the righteousness of Christ. I'll read it in a little bit. As a robe of righteousness. Well, this is the way I picture that, that Christ is, is a lot larger, a lot huge figure, and he has a, his righteousness, and as I am in him, he can just wrap me up in his robe of righteousness. Isn't that wonderful? I don't deserve to be there. You understand Satan's accusations against me are true. Satan's accusations against you are true. You did it. You messed up. You blew it. You made the mistake. You did it on purpose. You hurt people. I did too. But in Christ, we get to be forgiven and declared righteous. Now, that's some good news, ain't it? Now, we should never abuse grace. I hear somebody saying, well, you, you know, uh, God still judges. Yes, he does. There is, there is punishment. That's always to bring us closer to him, not to push us away from him. We should never abuse his grace. So you can refuse because of the righteousness of Christ. Another reason you can refuse, I don't have a slide for this, and let me go ahead and give it to you, the scripture. Ephesians 6, 17 says this, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So last week, we talked about the sword of the Spirit, the word of God. This week, I want to mention the helmet of salvation, the helmet of salvation. It works together with the Word of God. The Word of God teaches you the truth, and the Holy Spirit takes that truth, and he helps you to think thoughts according to God's truth. Now, hear me. The devil will try to talk you out of your righteousness. He will try to talk you out of anything God has for you. That's just his job. And the way he does it, he says what I would call fiery darts of accusation. You know, in Ephesians, it talks about the flaming arrows. You can call it flaming arrows if you want. They're, they're, Satan shoots them toward you. Accusation. Sure, temptations too. But today we're talking about his accusations. He will shoot them toward you, and he hopes they stick. He shoots them at your mind with thoughts. Ah, you're not worthy. Ah, you know what you did. Ah, I remember being young in Christ, sitting in, in a church, and I can take you right back to that church. 
and exactly where I was when this happened. You know, when God teaches you something, you can go right back there. And I was young in the Lord, just learning. I, I used to think that I could be good enough and earn my salvation by works. So I had some baggage that God had to teach me through. And I was, I was there, and it was a worship service, sort of like we had just a moment ago. And this was, they had a choir singing, man. And I, I, early in the week, I sinned. I knew I did. But I asked forgiveness. Man, and the worship was so strong, and I just wanted to worship my God. And, and I remember having my hands raised, giving God worship, just really pouring out my heart, not worrying about anybody else around me. And then I heard this thought. You know what you did this week. You're going to raise your hand now and worship? And I took my hand down. It was a fiery dart of accusation from my enemy, shooting that thought in my mind. I'm so thankful, though, that with the word of the Lord and the help of the Holy Spirit, I was able to keep the helmet of salvation on because the next thought was this, but I asked the Lord to forgive me. And he forgives me. Lord, I worship. So you have the word of God. You get the word in your heart and the Holy Spirit helps you. And then he teaches you to apply that to your thoughts. You are led by truth. And when you do that, you can put on this helmet. The scripture refers to it as a helmet of salvation. It covers your mind, your thoughts, and we have to. Because that's where the devil shoots his fiery dart, straight to your mind. That's where your battlefield is. That's where the war takes place. Look at what Corinthians says. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You see that? It says every thought. How many of you are overthinkers? Your mind just runs all the time. I am one, and I hate waking up at about 2 o'clock in the morning because I have a hard time going back to sleep because my mind starts racing, and a lot of the times, that's when I have to deal with the fiery darts of the enemy. You know what you said. You shouldn't have said that. I had that thought. You, you shouldn't have. You remember what you did, and a lot of times, it goes back even further. Yeah, you did that, but you remember when you did it like then, back then? And he sends those fiery darts, and sometimes, y'all, I, I, for us overthinkers, Sometimes taking captive every thought can be overwhelming when we think about it within ourselves. That's the reason we have the sword of the Spirit. They work together. The Holy Spirit takes that sword. The Bible says that the Word of God judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. He tells you, I, you don't have to risk it. Satan will tell you this. The Holy Spirit will say, oh, nope, that's not from God. Let me just sort of give you an idea of, of sort of how that works. Satan will tell you things like this. Here's a fiery dart of accusation. You are guilty because you know what you have done. Here's, a, here's what the Holy Spirit helps you. This is the helmet of salvation. You can say things like this, and it will be the truth. I am guilty because of that sin, but I'm also forgiven because I repented of that sin and God's word says that he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and purify me from all unrighteousness. That's how you take up the helmet of salvation. You put it on. 
that fiery dart is not going to take place in my, I'm not going to receive that thought. I rebuke that thought. I take that thought captive by the word of God. Isn't that amazing? And you can do that. This is how you fight. This is how you battle your enemy. When he puts those fiery darts of accusation toward you. Here's another one. You don't have a right to be in church. Anybody ever felt that? Okay, I got to get some truthful people here. <laughs> I, as your pastor, have felt that before. You don't need to be in church, much less the pastor. And so that's a fiery dart. Here's, here's your helmet of salvation. The Holy Spirit will help you. Look, I don't have a right to be in church, but by God's grace, I have been made righteous, and now I am the church, the temple of the Holy Ghost. You see how that works? You do not refuse that foolish lie, that accusation, even when he, he is telling you of things that, that are true when it comes to things that you've done. You don't have to receive that because you are the righteousness of Christ and you have the helmet of salvation. Let me give you one more. You will never be as good as them, so God will never love you as much as them. Anybody felt that before? You'll never be as good. God can't love you as much as them. So here you go. Let me give you some helmet of salvation. You ready? I may not ever be as good as they are, but the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons, and it says that nothing can separate me from the love of God. I might not be as good as them, but I am as loved as them. Isn't that good? And that is the word of God. That is the truth. And I'm telling you, there's, Satan has no defense when you take those accusations captive. The righteousness of Christ and the helmet of salvation will help you to hurl down every accusation of the enemy. So I've taught it just a little bit. Now let me preach it just a little bit. We're going to look at the heavenly courtroom. We find it in Zechariah. I do need some help, and since he's my lifelong buddy, Chris Neely, would you mind coming up here, brother, and helping me? You don't have to do nothing, Chris, but stand. Now, if you want to shout and run, you can do that, but <laughs> Chris said he may do it. Come on, yes, come right on up here. As a matter of fact, come over here. This is my best side for the cameras. <laughs> stand right here if you would, Chris, because I want you to – be in this, uh, and face me if you would, Zechariah, look, three, Zechariah 3, 1, we're going to God's courtroom, and look at what it says, then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, so that's going to be you, the high priest, wow, standing before the angel of the Lord, now it's believed the angel of the Lord to be Jesus appearing in the Old Testament, and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him, and I don't think he's standing by Jesus' right side, he can't get that close. He's standing by your right side to accuse you. And he's, you're the high priest. If he can accuse you, what can he do to us, huh? But he's there bringing up your past, your sins. And you know he's seen them. He's got some intel on you. You know you said that. You know you shouldn't have. You know what you did wrong. And he is not only saying this between them there's Jesus, and then there's our Lord, Heavenly Father, holy, who is, who is without 
sin. We are sinners. And I love it because as he's accusing, look at what the Lord, the judge, said to him. The Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuked you. Satan, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuked you. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? Yeah, he done some wrong things and he deserves judgment. All of us do. This is said by all of us, right? This could be said by all of us. But I snatched him from that fire. I took him. I took him. Yeah, yeah he was getting what he deserved. You know, we all have fallen short, but I snatched him. I saved him. The Lord, the judge stops the accuser and sets him straight. Now, don't you love that? And this is, this is for you. This is what your God does. Look at what the, the scripture says in 1 John. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So you have the accuser over here, but guess what? You got an attorney over there, and it's Jesus Christ himself. He's better than one call, that's all. Jesus is your attorney. I think you got a pretty good chance of winning, don't you? Now, so the accusations are being made. God is there, and he already has shut Satan up one time. Jesus, the attorney, is there. Let's look at the closing arguments. Satan, I believe Satan has a smoking gun. We see it in verse 3. A smoking gun against this high priest. He feels pretty good about his closing arguments. So I believe after he says all these accusations, he deserves, I believe he foams at the mouth saying, he deserves punishment. You know what he did. He has to be judged. You're the judge. And look at the smoking argument, the smoking gun that he has. Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. Wow. You're the high priest. The accusations are proven true because it shows those filthy garments represent your sin. He has a right to accuse you. He has a right. God has a right to judge you. There's, a, uh, there's a another legal term, smoking gun you probably heard from Perry Mason, <laughs> but there's a, another legal term that I found that states what happens next. Because Jesus makes his closing argument and we're going to read it in just a moment, but let me give you this term. The term is incontrovertible evidence. Incontrovertible evidence is evidence so strong that it overpowers contrary evidence. It is um, so that no other truth to the matter can be even considered. So the smoking gun is you've got filthy garments. You have sinned. You've fallen short. But Jesus has some incontrovertible evidence. You ready? Look at what he does. Verse 4, the angel said to those who were standing before him, take off his filthy clothes. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost on this one, brother. Then he said to Joshua, see, I have taken away your sin, and I will put fine garments on you. Clean garments represent righteousness. The righteousness of Christ. You had dirty garments on. I'm going to give you clean garments because I bought them with my blood. 
you got, you're righteous now. You're standing clean. What he can accuse you of, he can't accuse you of anymore because you are forgiven, innocent because of Christ. Isn't that good? Look at the scripture, Isaiah 61 says, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. Anybody got a robe of righteousness? Just adjust it a little bit this morning. Come on. Make sure it's straight. Come on. Ain't it good to have the robe of righteousness? That I'm preaching better than you're responding. I'm going to say it. Given to us. He doesn't stop there. Go ahead. Jesus ain't through. Look at what he said in verse 5. Then I said, put a clean turban on his head. I wish I had one. I, I, I wish I had a towel. I would have brought it up here to him. <laughs> so they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him while the angel of the Lord stood by. That clean turban represents your helmet of salvation. No longer can he make those accusations. God is going to protect your thinking so you don't listen to his lies anymore. You hear me today? If, if Satan can get you to listen to his lies, he's going to get you to act the way he wants you to. But here's the helmet of salvation. God has said, I'm going to help protect your mind by the sword of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit. You have a helmet of salvation, and I love it. Then the angel of the Lord gave this charge to Joshua. So now, here's the verdict. Jesus himself says, I'll go ahead and give the verdict. Let me tell you what it is. I know what he's going to say. Let me go ahead and tell you what it is. The angel of the Lord gave this charge to Joshua. This is what the Lord Almighty says. This is what the judge says. If you will walk in obedience to me and keep my requirements, then you will govern my house and have charge of my courts, and I will give you a place among these standing here. So to sum that up, I would say it sort of like this. God says, hey, you are free to go. I don't hold this against you. Just go and do my business. I don't hold none of it against you. Isn't that amazing? You know, when you, when you have been to court uh, and you found guilty, uh, being a felon, it's sort of hard to live that down. You got a record. They would say, even without a felon, misdemeanor, you got a record against you. And you understand, there's, then you go back into society trying to make an honest living, and it's a little difficult. God has said, I don't hold, I've done what you couldn't do for yourself. You are free. Now I want you to do my work, my business. Would you give Joshua, the high priest, a big round of applause? Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it, man. Would you stand, please? A little illustration there. You know, um, I, uh, I have a, I, I've not been able to find a word a legal term by an attorney here that might help me, but I don't know a legal term for being found guilty, but I declare you not guilty. You're guilty. I've never seen a judge say you're guilty of the charges, but I declare you not guilty. I mean, that would be fraud, right? Uh, somebody paid the judge off. But he then would even say, I found you guilty. He would say, the evidence doesn't prove it. 
but I'm saved. I don't know a legal term for it. It's apparent. There's a smoking gun. You got sin. Accusations are very clear. You're guilty. But I don't find you guilty. Can't find that legal term, but I found a verse that backs that up. It's found in James 2.13. It says, mercy triumphs over judgment. <laughs> come on, isn't that good? Mercy triumphs. Oh, come on, let's, let's, let's clap. Let's give God praise for that. Yeah, that was sort of like a will of fortune clap. Let's give him a good praise. Come on, come on. Yeah. Mercy triumphs over judgment. You and I. Guilty. There's charges. Satan, Satan knows. He's got the intel. He knows. I'm guilty. I should walk around in shame, much less hold a mic and preach the gospel. I should be condemned, hiding from God, much less drawing closer to him, worshiping him in freedom. And you should too. But it's mercy triumphs over judgment. Isn't isn't our God good? Isn't the presence of the Holy Spirit so sweet to us? And the blood of Jesus makes us righteous. The takeaway this week is you got to put on your helmet. You got to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. If it's not obedient to the Word of God, don't you dare receive it. You cast that down. You rebuke that thought. You, you speak God's word using your sword, keeping your helmet on, and you speak the truth of God's word. I have this in the notes on the app and, um, and the shooting. Uh, look at this. This is going to bless you this week. So this is a takeaway. I like to give you something to take home with you. And I, I've given three scriptures. And and you can do your own research on this. You can Google scriptures that say, I want you to Google scriptures that say, in Christ, through Christ, and with Christ. Okay? In Christ, through Christ, and with Christ. You will be amazed of, of how powerful these scriptures are as far as your helmet of salvation. Okay, Romans, as a matter of fact, I think we have them on the screen. Uh, Get it to work. In Christ, you ready? I've, I said this one earlier. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are, say it with me, in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Pastor, I just sinned. Yeah, you can ask for his forgiveness. The Bible says he will. You don't have to run and hide from him. You run toward him. That's what conviction does. It says, come to me. I want to help you. You don't have to keep doing that. You don't have to reap the, the destruction from that. Come to me. I'll show you. Here's one through Christ. Therefore, since we have been justified, that means just as if you had never done it, through faith, we have peace with God. Would you say it with me? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. You have peace with God. Because of Christ, you are justified. You are just as if you had never sinned. And so you have peace with God. So when Satan says, uh, you, you can't live for God, he has this against you, you pull out this verse. You take captive that thought, 
you pull out this verse and you speak that verse out of your mouth. That's your helmet of salvation. That fiery dart ain't going to get here. Is this making sense? The last one, let me give you with Christ. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive, would you say it with me, with Christ. Look, even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Jesus paid the price before you ever acknowledged him. Now, you have to receive him. You have to receive his grace and believe on him to be saved. But the price has already been paid. Isn't that wonderful? I love the scripture that says, If he freely gave his son for us, how will he not now along with him graciously give us all things? He who did not withhold his son from us, how will he not now with him graciously give us all things? So the devil's going to accuse you. He's got some things against you. He knows. He knows what you did. You ate a cookie. He caught you with crumbs on your lips. He knows. But he cannot hold that against you if you have repented and you have the righteousness of Christ and you take captive that thought, the helmet of your salvation. You don't have to give in to his lies you, there's victory from here. And I'm giving you, this. the Holy Spirit is helping us with so much stuff that you're going to walk different this week. You're going to think different this week. He's going to help you to do that. Would you bow your head? Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's just whisper. Thanks. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, your love. Thank you that you declared us righteousness, Lord. Lord, we have sinned. We've fallen short. We, Lord, we have done things wrong. And the accuser, I know he's bringing them before you, but I'm so thankful for Jesus. I'm so thankful he paid the price. My attorney, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being my advocate. Thank you for making intercession for me. Thank you that you took those dirty clothes of mine and you gave me clothes that I could not buy. There's no way I could have purchased them, but you bought them for me. You gave them to me. Oh, it's, come on, let's just... It's just If you feel comfortable, just lift a hand and just thank the Lord. If you know this is true in your spirit, raise your hands right now and just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You made me righteous. I couldn't earn it. There's nothing I can do. Now, Lord, would you help us to take captive these thoughts? The enemy is still trying to put us in the prison for things that have been forgiven. Lord, would you help us to take captive every thought that's disobedient to your word, disobedient to you. Father, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. Would you, um, heads, uh, hands down for just a moment. If you have sin in your life, I want to pray with you, okay? If you want to put that under the blood of Jesus, he is faithful and just to forgive you. You just have to ask him. So if there's sin in your life today and you want to repent, I want to pray with you, okay? The way we do it here, we pray it together. We give you the words, you give the Lord your heart, okay? Let's pray it together, church. Heavenly Father, Thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'm going to do my best.
to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. I ask you to do one thing. You prayed that prayer. You, 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 you know you needed that. I needed to recommit my life to Christ. Just tell someone before you leave, someone that's close to you. you if you're here by yourself and you don't have that person, you can tell me, hey, I recommitted my life to Christ. They will help you and they'll pray for you, okay? Now, this week, get these scriptures. I look, there's many others. Read those. If you're looking for something to read this week as far as devotion, these are three good scriptures to start with. They will help you put your helmet on in the name of Jesus. Hey, if you've recently started coming to Move Church, we so welcome you. I'm, we're so glad that you're here. We're going to be starting up membership classes. We just had to finish the remodel first. So we will let you know we do have membership classes. We want you to be involved at Move Church. Here we have about 60% of our people. They are involved in ministry. And I'm telling you, you need it. You'll be a blessing to the church, yes, but you need it more than that. It will make a difference in your life. So we'll, we'll give you some information when those classes start back. Next Sunday, we're celebrating open house back here. A lot of work has gone into that children's area. Thank you for everybody that worked hard and gave toward that. I'm telling you, our kids, they're going to just, we've created a space for them to even, they've already been ministered to, but they're going to be just blessed, I'm telling you. And um, as, uh, look, that room, this, this one room, it can be used in so many different ways. Uh, next, the second Sunday is our movers meetup. If you are a mover, uh, we want you to come at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, we're going to meet together. We haven't done one of those in a while. So if you're a volunteer, we want you on the second Sunday of November. Okay. I want to pray a blessing over you. Uh, if you have giving, you can give it in that box or give it online. But I want to pray the prayer of Jabez. I asked the first service, how many of you can tell that, um, that, that th this prayer is, is being answered in your life? And I'm telling you, it's probably half of the people raised their hand. And I, I hear the stories. I hear people saying, God's blessed me with this, blessed me there. And then I hear uh, people being enlarged in their influence, God opening doors for them. And it's amazing. And God wants to do that for you, okay? So I, I like to close with this blessing. If you want to receive it, just raise your hand. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that um, you have good things for us. We pray you would bless us indeed. Bless us with more than we need so we can be a blessing. Enlarge our influence. Help us to be mission-minded and not maintenance-minded. Lord, we pray you would fill us with your spirit. Holy Spirit, we need you to lead, guide, and direct us. And Lord, we pray you would protect us from the enemy, from his schemes, from temptation, from sickness, and from this pandemic. Now, Lord, we believe you answered, we know you answered Jabez's prayer, and we believe you would do it for us. Would you say it with me? In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.